0: Buck Benny. it's a two-fisted quick triggered marksman who shoots from the hip and never
1: misses. Hello again this is Buck Benny speaking. welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny show followed by the Phil Harris show and then followed again by the Jack Benny show from 10 years before that. Uh, we start off tonight with the Jack Benny show from October 25th, 1953. And then we have the Phil Harris Show from October 23rd, 1953, followed by the Jack Benny Show from October 24th, 1943. I hope you're going to enjoy all three shows. It's 2018. I haven't done a new podcast intro in a while. Uh, You can kind of tell when I do my old ones, usually the sound quality is not quite as good on the intro. And... Lots of times I mentioned the wrong anniversary dates and so forth because they're from five years ago or 10 years ago sometimes. But, uh, tonight I decided to come out and do a new intro because there's a lot of things that have changed in this podcast since the last time I presented these shows. I've added some extra features that I hope you're going to like. I, uh, we'll get into in a minute when I have my old intro and I know some people hate it when I have new intros and then old intros but some people love to hear the old intros and the new intros so <laughs> I don't know how to please everybody but I guess you've got the fast forward buttons you can fast forward if you want though I would listen to the intros tonight because they're fairly short and they cover some good ground every intro so anyway uh, we have in my next intro I'll talk about Cohen on the Telephone. Um, I mentioned that you can get it on YouTube, but I decided to search YouTube this time, find the best sounding copy I could find. It's from 1913. So, this is very, very old. What's the deal? Nobody has a high quality copy of a 1913 record, but, uh, I guess not. So, this is the best one I could find. The other thing is, Uh, The first half of it uh, is called Cohen on the Telephone, but the flip side, when you flipped over the record, uh, was about um, a wedding. I don't remember the actual title, but it doesn't really matter. But not many people on YouTube include both sides. This person had both sides on there, so I decided to go ahead and bring that. So you'll have the entire uh, single, whatever you want to call it. It's six minutes long, three minutes basically per side. And I thought I'd go ahead and attach it because I don't know why I was sending you last year, five years ago, sending you to YouTube to find it because, or creating a link to it because it's all audio anyway. So anyway, so now you're to listen to that. So after I do my next intro, it'll go right into Cohen on the telephone for six minutes and then go right into the Jack Benny episode itself. After that episode of the Jack Benny show... We will go into the Phil Harris show, but it's a special Phil Harris show because this show might be a rehearsal. I'm not sure. It's labeled a rehearsal some places, uh, other places it's not labeled that, and I I don't know. But what it does have is it has the warm-up that he would do for the crowd on the front of the episode. So the first 10 minutes of the show are the warm-up by Phil Harris and... Some of them members of his cast and so forth, which is pretty cool. It's, they still do this today. You have, just to show that we're in 2018, I'll pick a, a, what's a new comedy? Oh, I know, The Connors is on now. And, because they killed off Roseanne, the Roseanne character, because Roseanne uh, made a comment that was... um, considered too racial to uh, let her stay on the show and so they took her off the show anyway the Connors I would guess Darlene the character I forget the actress who plays her but anyway the character Darlene is played by an actress that's fairly big in Hollywood I think and has some shows and I think she's one of the executive producers of the Connors so my guess would be that if you went to a taping of the Connors show, they would probably have a comedian, a highly paid, these are some highly, um, some very highly paid spots to do this. They have a comedian usually that will come out and warm up the audience, get them used to laughing, encourage them to laugh. It's not like being in your home. They don't want you to sit there quietly and watch the show. They want you, if you're in the audience, to laugh so they have that for their laugh track. And so they have a comedian come out, and then my guess would be Darlene probably comes out, maybe some other cast members, and uh, jokes with the audience, gets them comfortable, and then they go into taping the actual show. Well, this happened now, and it it happened back in the time of radio. So Phil Harris would come out and joke around with the audience, talk about people who were in the audience. Uh, I think in in this particular night there's some... um, soldiers and things that are there, and so he talks about them a little bit, and then they go right into the episode that might be a rehearsal, might not be, but I did have a better sounding copy of it than I've ever presented before, so I chopped off that rehearsal and pasted in this one. I think it's the exact same show. If the one's a rehearsal, this one's a rehearsal. If they're neither one's a rehearsal, then they're not, but I pasted in this show because it just is higher sound quality. And so, there you go. After that, we get a chance to go over to in Jack's show for another presentation of Algiers, which was presented to you uh, a week or so ago, and from 19, I don't know which season, I think the 48 season we played it, but in 1943, it's uh, presented here in about 17 minutes in they're supposed to be skipping in things but i think that might not be there anymore i think it might have gotten fixed so i'll mention skipping but it might be okay Uh, anyway without further ado let's get into all the shows none of them are the very best sound quality we've had but they're all very listenable even Cohen on the telephone is listenable for a 1913 (laughs) presentation So without further ado, here is a wonderful presentation that I hope you're going to love. And we will see you guys next time. Oh, and in case I don't come on in the next week or so, remember everybody, get out there and vote. Figure out how to vote in your state. There's a a huge election coming up and uh, everybody, as Americans, we should all get out there and vote. And uh, certainly all these radio shows... Encourage us to do that. So, so without further ado, let's go to the shows. Enjoy. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 1953 1954 season. I am so excited to bring this episode to you because this episode has been a damaged episode for many, many years where uh, a third of it was in bad shape. But I thought, um, before I recorded the podcast, I would listen to it and see if the upgrade had fixed it at all. Well, this newest upgrade, it looks like, it fixed it because I can't find the uh, problems with it. So I'm sure maybe you'll hear some in there, but certainly not a third of it is damaged. So um, I'm excited to be able to listen to you uh, listen to this with you at, in such great quality sound. Uh, fun episode, lots of Mel Blank in it, lots of... Um, uh, other folks doing doing just really some really nice work. Um, the title is, is very risque, and they do make fun of the title uh, in it about Jack uh, buys a G string. So, uh, but I'm sure with a violin you can kind of figure that out. Uh, anyway, it, I hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, it'll bring up one thing in here. Uh, I think it's Cohen, Cohen, Cohen on the, Cohen on the telephone which they talk about it being uh, a popular record. And it was a very popular record in 1913, 1915. I think it was the first record to sell a million copies. And the thing you need to know about it is it was a record that was strictly talking. It was, um, I believe, it might have been a comedy, I think it was a comedy record, um, that uh, was popular at the time. I know it's available on YouTube, so I will do a connection to YouTube, so that you can listen to Cohen on the telephone and see what it was like. And uh, I'll listen to it as well. I haven't, I have not listened to it. Um, But I think it makes this episode make more sense if you know that it was a a talking comedy record and not a, a musical record. So, anyway, without further ado, enjoy this fantastic episode and great sound
2: of the effort of Mr. Cohen to use the telephone for the first time. Mr. Cohn is trying to call up the manager of a certain bank who happens to be his landlord. The conversation is as follows. Hello, are you there? Hello. Hello. What? What number do I want? Well, what numbers have you got? Ah, excuse me, my phone. I want Central 248 please. Yes, that's right. 248. I say miss. Am I supposed to keep on saying, are you there, and hello, until you come back again? Well, don't be long. Hello, are you there? Oh, yes. Are you the bank? Yes. I want to see the manager, please. I say I want to see... What do you say? This is not a telescope, it's a telephone? You are very clever this morning, ain't it? Well, do me a favor. Hang a small piece of crepe on your nose. Your brains are dead. And if I have any more of your impertinence, I'll speak to the manager about you. I say, oh, I'm speaking to the, oh, you're the manager. I beg your pardon, I'm you like. Same Say, Mr. Manager, I rang up to tell you that I'm your tenant Cohen. I say, I'm your tenant Cohen. Co- I ain't going, I'm stopping here. I'm your tenant, Co- not Lieutenant Cohen. I want to tell you that last night the wind came and blow down the shutter outside my house. And I want you to send... I, I say last night the wind came and... The wind. The, not the devil, the wind. The wind. But you know what... Like that. Well, that blew my shutter down outside my house. And I want you... I say it blew the shutter out. The shutter. No, I didn't say shut up. No, the shutter. The thing that goes down the front of the shop. I want you to send a carpenter to mend the shutter. I say, I want you to send a carpenter to mend the shutter. To mend this, not a tremendous shutter, no. Hello, are you there? Yet yeah, last night the wind came and blew down the shutter outside my house, and I want you to send a carpenter. A carpenter, a, a man, yes. You know, one of those fellows must hit the hammer with the nails, that's it. A I want you to send a voikman to mend the damaged shutter. I say I want you to send a voikman to mend. To mend. Not two men. No, one man. Two men. One man to mend the damaged shutter. To mend the, the damage. I ain't swearing at you, I'm only telling you. Are you there? Last night the wind came and blew down the shutter outside my house. And I want you to send a carpenter. A carpenter... Oh, never mind, I'll have it fixed myself. The subject of my discourse today is entitled,
3: Do Married Men Make the Best Husbands." I feel that I'm in a position to talk on this subject convincingly because I happen to be a married man myself, unfortunately course I'm not bragging about it, and I don't want to say anything against marriage. I don't use that kind of language. Furthermore, I'm really very, very happy. Why, I'm married now, well, it's almost four years. I'm so happy it doesn't seem like more than twelve, and I'll tell you why. It's because we get along so beautifully, my wife and I. Why, only two nights ago, we were sitting in the parlor, and I held her hand for three hours. If I'd a let go, she'd have killed me. It's a funny thing how I came to meet my wife, one of those seaside romances. I was introduced to her by a scoundrel to whom I owed three dollars. He knew that I would never pay him back while I was conscious, so in order to get even with me, he introduced me to this female dreadnought. We got to be very friendly. Every day we'd go in bathing together, and here is where the romance comes in. This is what started this whole thing. One day, she got out a little too far. Of course, I don't want to pose as a hero, but if I hadn't been there at the critical moment to jump in after her, she would have perished miserably. It's a funny thing. My father saved my mother from drowning, and I think I know now why he never wanted me to take swimming lessons. Of course, you understand. It wasn't that I didn't love this girl. I did love her. I loved every hair on her bureau. I loved her because she came of a very aristocratic family, one of her uncles being a retired bank president. The judge retired him for eight years, and she loved me. She loved me because I was always so good to her. I spent an awful lot of money on her. Why, I remember taking her out one evening, and I spent a dollar and a half on her freely. I would have spent more than that, but that's all she had. So I said to myself, having saved this woman's life, I will propose to her and get married. I was out of work anyway, so I picked out a nice evening for the dirty work, and when I rang the bell, she met me at the door with a smile spread all over her beautiful map. I had a bouquet of flowers in my hand, some helium, right? And I I gave her this bouquet, and with my voice just choking with emotion and love and fear, I said to her like this. I said, Titten, I called her Titten till we were married nine days, and then she got her eyes open. I said, Titten, will you marry me? She said, Yes, I don't care what becomes of me. So I took her over to the minister, and we were united in the holy bunk of matrimonies. Then we started off on our honeymoon, or uh, as they say in French, on our voyage en not. And my wife, being a very sensitive woman, didn't want anyone to know that we had just been married, so I let her carry the belief.
4: Jack Benny Program, transcribed and presented by Lucky Strike.
5: Lucky's taste better, cleaner,
4: cleaner fresher, smoother. smoother.
5: Lucky's taste better, cleaner, fresher,
6: smoother, for Lucky Strike means fine
5: tobacco, richer tasting fine tobacco. Lucky's taste better, cleaner, fresher, smoother,
4: Lucky Strike, Lucky Strike. This is Don Wilson. You know, friends, there are three words that pretty well sum up why so many millions of smokers prefer Lucky Strike, and those three words are Lucky's taste better. Taste, that's the key to real smoking enjoyment. After all, smoking enjoyment is all a matter of taste. And the fact of the matter is, Luckies taste better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky's come by their better taste in two ways. First, from fine tobacco. And that's right where you'd expect better taste to start. L.S. M.F.T., Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Fine, naturally mild, good-tasting tobacco. Second, Luckies are made better to taste better. You can see for yourself that they're round, firm, fully packed, to draw freely and smoke evenly. You'll get more enjoyment from smoking if you remember, smoking enjoyment is all a matter of taste. And the fact of the matter is, Lucky's taste better. Be happy, go lucky, get better taste. Next time, ask for a carton of Lucky Strike.
5: Lucky's taste better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky Strike,
4: Lucky Strike. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, and yours truly. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, immediately after this program, Jack Benny will do another television show with his guest star, Humphrey Bogart. Meanwhile, let's go out to Beverly Hills. Last night, Jack had a small dinner party at his home. As we look in now, we find Rochester once again with the help of his friend Roy cleaning up. He it was nice of you to come over
7: and help me with my work, Roy.
8: Oh, that's all right, Rochester. That's what friends are for.
7: There, well, the rugs look fine now. Help me put away the chairs.
8: Okay. Say, who did Mr. Benny have at the party last night?
7: All the usual people, his cast, some of the musicians, and his writers. Were uh, Mr. and Mrs. Ronald
8: Coleman here?
7: No, they were invited, but as they were leaving their house to come over here, Mr. Coleman tripped on the steps and broke his leg. No. Yeah, and you should have seen the smile on his face as they drove him away in the
6: ambulance. <laughs>
7: Let's take the extra leaves out of the dining room table.
8: Say, Rochester, who sat in this chair?
7: Frank Remley. Why?
8: He left his shoes under the table.
7: Well, put his shoes in the closet.
8: You'll have to help me. He's still in them.
6: <laughs>
8: Say, right. Would you like to go bowling with the boys on your next day off?
7: I can't, Roy. I have a date to go out with Susie. You've
8: been seeing a lot of her, haven't you? Yeah. (laughs) Tell me, Rochester, why don't you and Susie get married?
7: Oh, we'd like to. In fact, I even talked to her father. But he said he won't let me marry Susie because I can't support her in the same style to which he has accustomed her to.
8: Oh, uh, what does he do for a living?
7: Nothing. He's on relief. <laughs> now let's put all the silverware away.
8: Gee, rats! Right, I thought you were making more money now. Wasn't Mister Benny supposed to give you a raise last year?
7: Uh huh. Then he got mad at me on February fourteenth. That's his birthday. When, when he came down to breakfast that morning, I presented him with a birthday cake with forty candles.
8: Well, what did Mr. Benny do?
7: He ate one candle and we were back to normal.
6: <laughs>
8: and he used a silly thing like that for a reason not to give you a raise? Uh-huh. Rochester, tell me something. Why is Mr. Benny so, uh, uh, shall we say
7: frugal? Oh, we shall, we shall! <laughs>
8: What I mean, Rochester, is is why is Mister Benny so anxious to save all his money? Doesn't he know that old saying, "You can't take it with you"?
7: Oh, he knows he can't take it with him, but he figures if he leaves a big enough pile, he can look down and see it.
6: <laughs>
0: uh, good morning, Rochester. Good morning, boy. Good morning, Mister Benny. Oh, good morning, Roy. Well, you fellas certainly have a house looking nice and clean.
7: Thank you. Say, would you like me to get you anything special for breakfast?
0: No, Maybe. no, no. Just some orange juice, coffee, and toast. Oh,
7: I'll have it ready in a couple of minutes. Ah, hello, hello. Ah.
0: Oh, hello, Polly. Hello,
5: Hello, Daddy. Hello, Daddy. Ah.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
8: Gee, that sure is a smart parrot you have there, Mr. Benny. I know Polly is very clever. Very
6: clever, very clever. <laughs>
8: this morning, while Rochester and I were cleaning up, she just kept singing all the
0: latest songs. I know. Every week, you know, she listens to the Hit Parade. Oh, Polly likes music. Yeah, and she's crazy about Dorothy Collins too. My
9: keys taste better, cleaner, fresher, smoother.
6: <laughs> 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 Ah, You
0: You bet they do, Polly Uh, Shall I answer the door, Mr. Benny? No, no, I'll get it, Roy I wonder who that is at the door Maybe it's Ava Gardner Or Jane Russell Or Marilyn Monroe Gee, here it is 11 o'clock and I'm not awake yet (laughs) Oh, well Coming, coming. Hi, Jack. Oh, hello, Bob. Come
10: on in. Bob, I wasn't expecting you.
5: Hello, Bob. Hello, Bob. <laughs>
6: <laughs> hello,
10: Polly. Say, Jack, I came over to see you on a rather a personal matter. Now, look, was... look, look, Bob. If it's about that in salary, I can't... Oh, no, 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 Jack. I'm perfectly happy with what I'm getting. Well, good, good.
6: <laughs> now, what is
10: it? What is it, Bob? Well, Jack, one of the gimmicks on my afternoon television show is sort of a quiz. And you can help me out. Uh, how? Well, you'll stand behind a screen where no one can see you, and you'll play something on your violin. On my violin? Mm-hmm. Hey, that's great. And the contestant will try to guess what song I'm playing. No, what instrument?
0: <laughs> well, well, I guess I can do that for you, Bob, and then I'll tell you what else I'll do. When the quiz is
10: over, I'll step out on the stage and tell some jokes. Oh, well, gee, thanks a lot, Jack. But, but we don't have any jokes on my program. Oh. You see, we find it kind of difficult to get laughs on my show. Well, that's funny. I get big laughs on my show. Why is it so tough for you? Well, well, look, I'm a young man. I'm reasonably nice-looking. I, I sing a fair song. Uh-huh. I have my own hair, and I like to spend money. Now, how in the world can I get laughs? <laughs>
0: Gee, I never thought of that The mail
7: just came, Mr. Benny Here it
0: is Oh, thanks Let's see, these are all bills This looks like an advertisement Let's see what this ad is It's from the Book of the Month Club
10: They've been trying to get me to join that for years, you know I wonder if I should Oh, that's a good setup, Jack You get all the latest books I know. Gee, all my friends and my family belong to it. What about your brother Bing? Well, he belongs to the Yacht of the Month Club.
0: (laughs) Let's see, these are all bills. This looks like an advertisement. Let's see what this ad is. It's from the Book of the Month Club. They've
10: been trying to get me to join that for years, you know. I wonder if I should. Oh, that's a good setup, Jack. You get all the latest books. I know. Gee, all my friends and my family belong to it. What about your brother, Bing? Well, he belongs to the Yacht of the Month Club.
6: (laughs) The Yacht?
10: The Yacht of the Month Club? I never heard of that. Well, the only other member is Ali Khan. (laughs) Oh. King Farouk dropped out about a year ago. (laughs)
0: You can get laughs on your own show, don't worry. Say, Mr. Bender, your
7: breakfast
6: is ready.
10: Oh, thanks. Bob, would you like to join me? Oh, no, thank you, Jack. I just had mine. Good, good. Say what? (laughs) I think I better be running along now, or I'll be late for my afternoon TV show. Hey, but it's pretty early, isn't it? I know, but I still have to be made up and I need a shave.
9: (laughs) How are you fixed for Blades?
10: Hey. Gee, she knows the Gillette commercials Knows them, she does them
0: <laughs> Oh, so that's where she goes every Friday night
10: <laughs> Well,
0: so long, Bob See you at rehearsal Saturday, eh? So long, Jack So long
7: Oh, Mr. Benny Yeah Well, Roy and I have finished cleaning up the house And Roy's about to leave And, well, I thought you might want to show your appreciation
0: Oh, yes, yes Oh, Roy. Yes, Mr. Benny. I want to thank you for helping Rochester. And here, this is for you. One, two, three, four, five. Five, Mr. Benny? Yes. Bring your friends. They might enjoy the broadcast, too. (laughs) It's, It's really, really a good one, you know. Thank you, Mr. Vinny. I'm sure we'll enjoy the show. Goodbye. Wait a minute, Roy, wait a minute. Before you go, I want to give you some money, too. Oh, that's, that's not necessary. Yes, it is, but I'll tell you what. I'll play a little game with you. Now, just a minute.
6: <laughs> there.
0: Now, I've got some money in my fist, and if you can guess how much it is, it's yours. I'll give you three guesses. Okay. A dollar? No. Two dollars? Now. No. Let me see, could it be three
7: Roy,
6: you're going in the wrong direction.
0: (laughs) He is not. I've got a $5 bill. Here it is, Roy. Well, thank you, Mr. Benny. Thank you. You're welcome.
8: Goodbye. See you next week, Rochester.
7: Goodbye, Roy. Mr. Benny, may I say something personal to you?
0: What is it, Rochester?
7: Well, I'm convinced you're getting more generous all the time. Really? Yeah, I'll never forget the first time you played that game with me. I never guessed how much you had in your fist.
0: Let's see, what did I have?
7: Three francs, four yen, and a peso.
0: Oh, yes, I did a lot of traveling that year. I, uh, Rochester... I forgot to ask you, were there any phone calls for me?
7: No, but while you were asleep, a policeman from the Beverly Hills Traffic Division came to see you. He'll be back later. He wants to see you personally.
0: Oh, my goodness. What do you want?
7: Well, the city wants to put parking meters in front of your house.
0: Well, why does he have to see me personally? Well, they want you to take yours down first. (laughs) How do you like that? A rich city like Beverly Hills can't stand a little competition. Well, anyway, if there are any other calls for me, Roch, I don't want to be disturbed. Oh, are you going to take a nap? No, I'm going into the den and practice my violin.
7: Oh, boss, you promised me you wouldn't do that until my day off.
0: (laughs) I know, but this is an emergency. Now, Bob Crosby wants me to play it on his television program, and...
7: uh... Want me to tell him that you're not in?
0: No, no, I'll get this one. Hello?
7: Hello, Jack, this is Don Wilson Don?
0: Now, what's the matter with Jack,
5: you? Jack, Jack, I'd like you to hear the commercial for next Sunday's show
0: Don, you sound so peculiar, what's wrong? I exhaled and let out all my breath Well, why'd you let out all your breath? I had to, I'm calling from a phone booth
6: <laughs> Wait a minute
0: Can fit into a phone booth.
5: I know, but the sportsman quartet's in here with me. <laughs> oh, well, Don, look. I-, I can't hold it much longer. Hit it, fellas! Oh lady, oh. How she can snuggle, she's the sweetest can be. And when we're in the parlor, oh, the way she whispers pretty nothing's to me. All I can do is holler, oh, it isn't what she does, but oh, the clever way she does, especially when she meets me beneath the moon fall. <laughs> Sweet cookie, oh, what'll I do? The way she sends me with her go get eyes and puts me in a flurry oh! do do-do-do-do, the way I fall for all her beautiful lies. Believe me, I should worry, oh, 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 oh. the way she beats me happy, oh, 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 I think she'll drive me daffy, oh, 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 how my super-sentimental, wonderful sweetie can walk. Oh, lady, oh, doo do doo the way she holds a lucky strike in her hand, it makes me very happy, oh, doo For deep down smoking pleasure, luckies are grand. Just ask your dear old Pappy, oh. Such fine and light tobacco, oh. There's twenty in a pack, so lady, when I see you light a lucky, I know. Together we'll be saying oh. A lucky has a better taste, it is true. I like to sing about them all oh. A cleaner, fresher smoke and smoother for you. I'll never be without them all. Oh. The only smoke for me is all An LSM and oh, 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 oh I'm so wild about a lucky all I can say is just oh.
6: all I can say is just O oh.
0: Oh, fine, Don. Fine. Now, for heaven's sakes, take a breath. Oh, thank goodness.
4: <sighs> oh, oh, darn it! I should have stepped out of the phone
0: booth first. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye, Don. Goodbye. Oh, Rochester, get me my violin, will you? Well. Uh, all right. Here you are. Thank you. Out of tune. The string needs tightening.
6: Right?
0: <laughs> needs more tightening. Right? <laughs> oh, darn it, I broke it. And I haven't got another string in the house.
7: Well, I guess you won't have to. We won't be able to practice
6: today.
0: You were so happy you couldn't get your line right. <laughs> i got to practice, Rochester. I'm going down to the music store and get a string. Now get the car out and drive me down.
7: Boss, the car isn't running.
0: What's wrong with it?
7: Everything. That car's in terrible shape. You ought to get a new
0: one. Oh, stop. My car is fine.
7: Boss, look. Let's be honest. All other cars belong to the auto club. This one belongs to the Blue Cross.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't be silly. Anyway, it's such a nice day. I think I'll walk. I'll be back soon. Yes, sir. Oh. da 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 dee da dum dee da 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 dum da Oh. Gee, it's so clear and sunny. It was sure windy the other day. In fact, I never saw it so windy. It's the first time that the swallows and Capistrano flew south. Oh, oh, there's that pretty French nursemaid Who works for the people on the corner She's wheeling their baby I'll catch up to her Hello, miss
11: Ah, oh, bonjour, monsieur Benny
0: Well, it's certainly a nice day, isn't
9: it? Oui, monsieur, it
11: is
5: Oh
9: Oh, what a cute,
0: what a cute little baby.
5: Ah, kitschikitschikoo!
0: Ah, You know, Mademoiselle, you're the, you're the most beautiful nursemaid I've ever seen.
9: Ah, oh, monsieur, you're so kind.
0: You're not only beautiful, you're probably very talented, too.
9: Ah, oh, monsieur, you're so
0: sweet. You know. I can probably get you in the movies.
9: Monsieur, you're so corny. (laughs) What? You you see, I've been warned about the American men promising girls jobs in pictures. Oh. But you know,
0: I'm, I'm pretty important in this town, and I can do it. I
9: know, monsieur. The very first time I saw you, I recognized you. You see, before I came to this country years ago, I saw one of your movies in Paris.
0: Oh, what picture was it?
9: The horn blows at midnight.
6: (laughs)
0: What's he crying for? He never saw it. (laughs) Now, be a good baby.
9: Monsieur, I think it is time to take baby home.
0: Oh, well, goodbye.
5: Goodbye,
0: baby. <laughs> <laughs> <speaks> Gosh, she's beautiful. And the baby was such a cute one, too. But it's amazing how much he looks like my parrot. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, while I'm at the music store, I ought to get some new records for my phonograph. The gang at my party last night had a hard time dancing to cone on the telephone. (laughs) 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 (inaudible) (laughs) (laughs) Gee, I hope it doesn't take too long in that music store. I have to go home and get dressed for my television show tonight. It's a classy looking store, they got everything all kinds of musical instruments, radio, television sets. Gee, I wonder what I'd be today if radio and television weren't invented. After all, I owe my success to radio and TV shows. That's why I'll always be grateful to Edison.
6: No, wait a minute,
0: Edison didn't have anything to do with radio, that was Marconi. Edison invented the movie. Him, I owe nothing.
6: <laughs>
0: I wish someone would wait on me. What wonder if that man is a salesman there. I'll ask him. Excuse me. Uh, yes, sir. Can I help you?
6: <laughs>
0: yes, I want to buy a string for my violin.
5: Oh, you get those in the musical instrument department. I- I'm in charge of the phonograph records.
0: Oh, good. Well, that's the one, one of the things I'm here for, too, some new records.
5: Oh, well, then you're in luck. Uh, we just got some very excellent ones. Now, let's see. Uh, oh, here's the record I'm looking for. It's the Boston Philharmonic Symphony Orchestra's rendition of La Toll de Lana de Pontrero.
0: No, I don't think I'd like that.
5: Well, I can show you how
0: it goes. Look, there's no sense playing it on a phonograph. Well, you because... don't
5: need to hear it on a phonograph. I'll show you myself.
0: I do a wonderful imitation of an electric organ. An electric organ? Yeah, listen... <laughs> wait, a
5: Whoa, oh, wait, a
12: wait, a wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.
0: Look at that that didn't sound much like an electric organ to me. Well, I wasn't plugged in. <laughs> Can I get someone else to wait on me?
5: What's the matter? Don't you like me?
0: (laughs) It's
6: not... not
5: (laughs) not (laughs) not that, but... Well, frankly,
0: look, I don't want any records. All I want is a string for my violin.
5: Oh, I told you. It's in
0: that department over there. The salesman will help you. Oh, thank you. I don't know what's wrong with me today, but everybody looks like my parents. Oh, this man here must be the salesman. Oh, mister, mister. Yeah. No. Look, I I came over here to buy a G
10: string. The violin, cello, or are you a burlesque dancer?
0: For my violin. Don't you recognize me? Let's see. Are you Yasha Heifer? No. Misha Elmer? No. Why,
5: Evelyn, how you've changed!
0: (laughs) Look, I'm not Evelyn. I'm Jack Benny.
5: Jack Benny, the radio and television comedian?
10: Yes. Well, what a coincidence. My ex-wife thinks you're so funny. Your
0: ex-wife thinks I'm funny?
10: Yes, that was the grounds for the divorce.
6: <laughs>
8: hmm.
0: The judge even awarded me the custody of the children.
6: <laughs> look, I
0: didn't come here to discuss your private life. All I want is a string for my violin. All right, all right. Here, that'll be $2 and a half. Well, charge it. You have a charge account here? Yeah, just look under Jack Benny. You'll find it. Let's see. Yes,
5: here it is. Jack Benny,
10: 366 North Camden Drive. Say, you owe us 89 cents. What for? Going on the telephone.
0: (laughs) Never mind. Just charge this string to me. Look, why do I have to go through all the trouble of writing up a charge for such a little amount? Why don't you pay cash? Because I want to charge it. Now, write it out. I'm not going to. Now, wait a minute. Why is it I get along with everybody else, but the minute I meet you, there's trouble? Because I don't like you. (laughs) Well, I don't like you
5: either. Now, wrap that string. It'll be a pleasure. That's better. I'm going to wrap it around your neck.
0: (laughs) That settles it. I'm getting out of here. And if I ever meet you again... You will! (laughs) I'm warning you that there will be so much trouble, you won't forget it as long as you live. Now, let me tell you right now... Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be back in a minute to tell you about my television show, which goes on immediately after this program on the CBS Television Network with my guest star Humphrey Bogart. But first, a word to cigarette smokers.
5: Lucky's taste better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky's taste better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. For Lucky Strike, means fine tobacco, richer tasting, fine tobacco. Lucky's taste better, cleaner,
4: fresher, smoother. Lucky Strike, Lucky Strike. Friends, have you smoked a fresh cigarette lately? You have, if you have smoked a Lucky, because the American Tobacco Company, the makers of Lucky Strike know how vitally important freshness is to the taste of a cigarette. That's why every day in the manufacturing plants where Luckies are made, hundreds of packs of Luckies are carefully tested for the tightness of their cellophane seal. So you'll get Luckies better taste in all its natural freshness. Yes, smoking enjoyment is all a matter of taste. And the fact of the matter is, Luckies taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. There are two things that account for this better taste. First... Fine tobacco, fine, naturally mild, good-tasting tobacco goes into Lucky Strike. Then, Luckies are made better, made round, firm, fully packed, to draw freely and smoke evenly. So, for a better-tasting, fresher-tasting cigarette, light up a Lucky. You'll agree smoking enjoyment is all a matter of taste. And the fact of the matter is, Luckys taste better. Be happy, go Lucky, with a carton of Lucky Strike. Be
5: happy, go lucky, get better taste
0: today. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, in just 30 seconds, I will be doing my television show over the CBS Television Network. And I will have as my guest star... Humphrey Bogart. (laughs) So good night, folks. See you in 30 seconds. Jack Benny Show was written by Sam Perrin,
4: Milk Josephberg, George Balzer, John Tackerberry, Hal Golden, and Al Gordon, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Marks. Be sure to hear The American Way with Horace Height for Lucky Strike every Thursday over this same station. Consult your newspaper for the time. The Jack Benny program is brought to you by Lucky Strike, product of the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of
13: cigarettes.
14: This is the CBS Radio Network.
13: first of all, I'd like to welcome you good people here on behalf of our sponsor. We are one of the few remaining radio shows that's fortunate enough to have a sponsor. So uh, if you enjoy yourself during the next half hour, you could do all of us a big favor if you would. And that is sometime this week, stop by your neighborhood RCA Victor dealer and pick up a 27-inch television set or a record player. Or something, because we'd like to be working up here next year at this (laughs) time. Well, as you know, maybe you do not know, but this year we are starting a new time. We're heard now on Friday nights on NBC, immediately following Bob Hope. And as you know, in addition to a new time, Phil's on his own this year, out for himself. So what do you say, we all get together and give a real rousing welcome to a real swell guy, the man who discovered the South, Phil Harris. Let's go!
6: Right. <laughs> no, but
15: seriously, I can't tell you what it means to me. Yeah. Come out here all by myself. You're all laughing and smiling and applauding and glad to see me. And I just want to tell you I love you for it because I need it. <laughs> I've been with Jack Benny for 16 years, and there ain't no money connected with that job. <laughs> Old dry pockets, boy. Takes you in a room on Saturday night, gives you a fast course of love and bloom, and you've had it. I got off to a bad start. When I married Alice, they told me she had money, but I'll be damned if I can find it. I've looked everywhere. Hey, I want to say, you. Isn't it wonderful having all these, uh, uh, the sailors, all these guys from the Navy in the
6: all right, well, you, you got your
15: Marines, got, you got Marines, got, got everybody, but I'm especially, I gotta tell you, buddy, I'm specially to the max. I gotta be with it because I was in the Navy during the last war myself. <laughs> I fought the Battle of Catalina. <laughs> You're laughing. We lost eight lobster traps.
6: <laughs> hey, they had a very unique way
15: of uh, selecting their enlisted men according to what they've done in private life. When I went into Navy, for instance, I went in with a couple of buddies of mine. One of these guys was a street cleaner, and they put him on a minesweeper.
6: And this other guy I run around with,
15: he was a construction guy, he tore down buildings and everything, and they put him on a destroyer. Now, I ever wound up on a ferry boat, I <laughs> Did you hear the story about the guy walked to the barber shop. The guy walked to the barber shop, walked up to the barber, says, How many head of him? The barber says, Three. The guy went out, he don't come back. <laughs> Next day, he comes in again, he says to the barber, How many head of him? The barber says, Three. The guy goes out, he don't come back. Now the barber's getting nuts, you know, he's on his feet all day and a clinking to them scissors, you know, and standing. And, uh, some of them Bakersfield guys doing so the guy says, uh, he calls the boot black uh, over, and he says, say, the barber says, the boot black, he says, every day, there's a guy who comes in here and wants to know how many ahead, and he says, I tell him, he goes out, he don't come back. He says, if he does it tomorrow, follow him, I want to know. Next day, the guy comes in, walks up to the barber, says, How many ahead of me?" The barber says, Three. The guy walks out, the boot black follows him, comes back in about 20 minutes, the barber says, Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Boot black says, To your house.
6: <laughs> <laughs> you hear about the guy
15: who used to part his hair in the middle? This guy used to his hair in the middle, see? He got tired of it. He went down. He had the barber put the part from here over to here. Then he had to give me bangs in the back and bangs in the front. The guy said it got awfully monotonous because people kept coming up whispering in his nose. You <laughs>
6: see, <laughs> the part was from here. <laughs>
15: I got one more. Let's see. Oh, this is a cute joke. You hear about the drunk that fell out of the 12 story window? Oh, this guy's blind. Oh, blind drunk. And he falls out of this 12 story window and he hits, boom, on the ground. There's a big crowd around. He gets up and he's brushed himself off. The fellow walks up and says, What happened? He says, Damn fine, no, I just got here. know, uh, whatever little success, ladies and gentlemen, that we've attained, uh, uh, of course, uh, I want you to know that it isn't due to one or two people. We have a wonderful organization. And just like in the Navy or the Army or uh, the Waves or the uh, wax or the any other organization, you've got to have uh, a competent organization. You've got to have a bunch of guys, a whole unit going for you, and that's what we've got. And I'm very happy and very proud to tell you that I have one of the best organizations, I think, at radio. For instance, everyone you see sitting on that stand does an outstanding job on his or her particular (laughs)
6: interest. See, there's
15: things that I know that you don't know. Now, you take the leader. He's okay. He, um... We're very happy about him because he's a genius, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm, now, now I'm back to level. I mean, we think that he's going to wind up with being one of the greatest composers we have in this business. Already he's had two of his things played in the Hollywood Bowl. He has been doing some of the biggest motion pictures for ten years. He has been nominated for the Academy Award six times. He was nominated last year for the beautiful directing and... For, and uh, Arranging of all of the wonderful music that you heard in that great picture, the Hans
10: Christian Anderson story. This is Walter Sharp and his music.
15: You think that Navy's rough, huh? Oh, okay. <laughs> Hey, I got some guys. I'd like to take time for you to meet all the guys in the band because everyone is important, not because I'm going to pick a couple out. We have boys in here that are originators of the Land. A lot of the guys who were with the, the Bobcats, a lot of fellas, and all of them are important. But i got a couple of guys I know you'd like to meet. I have one fellow I'm going to introduce to you that, uh, well, uh, don't need nothing. But he, he comes over here because he likes to be around me. You know? yeah. And uh, he has his own show, and I want you to listen to it. Incidentally, it's on Friday night. It's on later tonight, I'm sure, about 11 o'clock, I think. I'll check within a minute but the one and only Albino Ray, ladies and gentlemen. What time is it, 11 or 10, 30? 10. 10 on KNBH. I want you to catch that show. He's on with the King sisters, and they do a beautiful job. So if you're around the television at 10 tonight, you tune in on NBC. Here's a guy that worked with my father. And uh, <laughs> Dad used to tell me about him. He says, Phil, he said, this boy has a terrific armature. And uh, I think if we can ever get him out of the circus, he might amount. <laughs> Since that time, he went on to great heights. His records now, ladies and gentlemen, are collector's items. Some of the records that he made years ago, and the ones that he made now—no, I'm not kidding you—and the ones, of course, he does a little touch-up job here. But so... <laughs> well, what and all these red nickels and these five pennies? All it is, because without her, the program wouldn't be possible. I'm not going to eulogize, go into a big thing. I'm only going to tell you she's not only the most beautiful gal in the world, but this kid's got talent, too. Alice Bates! I take care of her. Hello, Brando. <laughs> oh, so nuts about me, ain't you, honey? Oh. We have a guest. I say a guest. It's the first time he's been on with us this season, but we use him a lot. In fact, we use him every opportunity, but that's pretty tough because this guy does all of the important things in television and in radio, and I know that you remember him from the wonderful work that he does
6: on the Bob Hope Show. Ladies and gentlemen,
15: I other that, yes sir. Well, well, we might be a little young and too good looking for this show. <laughs> <laughs> There's a kid that fields our show every week. We're very happy about it because he's got a lot of talent. My wonderful kid plays the part of Julius Brudgie, the grocery boy, Walter you. We have a newcomer to our program, very happy, he's very important, he's made a lot of pictures. I know that you've seen some of his pictures recently on television. A very important actor, we're very happy to have him a part of our little company. He plays the part of William, Alice's brother, and does a dandy job, Mr. John Hubbard, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Those wonderful singers that make all those commercials on The Benny Show have been with us ever since we started. The Four Sportsmen, ladies and gentlemen. The one and only Lee Elliott and Roy. Thank you so much
8: for
14: coming. Thank you guys for coming in to see us. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you do, for God's sake, laugh. We'll Thank you. Hey, Curly, wait till you hear what I did. I bought a kangaroo. You what? I'll make a fortune. This guy had two kangaroos, and I bought the one that boxes. A box and kangaroo. What's the matter with you, Elliot? You're crazy or something? You can't make no money with no box and kangaroo. Should have bought the one that knits,
13: huh? <laughs> RCA Victor, we're leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television. Presents the Bill Harris Alice Faye Show. here is the Phil Harris, Alice Faye Show, transcribed, written by Ray Singer, Dick Chevrolet, and Ed James. With Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, John Hubbard, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Walter Sharp and his music, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. Tonight's little aberration is aptly titled How to Repair a Living Room, or There'll be Lots of Sand for the Concrete Mother. I'm Coming Home with a Load. First, a word from RCA Victor. It costs less than ever to enjoy your favorite music with RCA Victor's new 45 Extended Play Records. These exciting new records bring you twice as much music, up to 15 minutes per record, for as little as $1.40. And because the new 45 EPs bring you more music for less money, they make the Victrola 45 phonograph a better buy than ever. RCA Victor's 45 is the simplest, most dependable automatic phonograph ever made. It's all play and no work. You just load up to 14 records, press a button, and settle back for up to two hours of your favorite music. Visit your RCA Victor dealer tomorrow. Ask him to show you the Victrola 45 automatic phonographs with a famous golden throat tone system and the new Victrola 45 attachment that's budget-priced at $16.75. Listen to them all with the economical new 45 extended play records by RCA Victor, cornerstone of home entertainment for three generations. And now the stars of the RCA Victor program Alice Fay and Bill Harris. <laughs> It's morning in the Harris household and Phil, shy, modest, and retiring is singing as he heads for the kitchen. Wait a minute. Shy, modest, retiring? Well, that's what it says.
15: (laughs) I dream of Harris with the light brown hair (laughs) Voice like an angel Talent
12: he can spare He is so... Oh, hi, Alice Oh, Phil, I was going to surprise you You raised my allowance? <laughs> no, I baked a cake Oh You're
15: disappointed Look, honey, I love you, but let's face it Your cakes would make a great lining for a bulletproof vest
12: You <laughs> <laughs> think they're heavy, huh? Okay Okay I'll take this one out of the oven and show you. The idea of saying my cakes are heavy. Well, this one's as light as... Phil. Yeah? Help me lift it out of the oven, <laughs>
15: Too much to lift alone, huh?
12: No, it isn't either. It's just stuck. I tell you, my cakes are not heavy. Okay,
15: they're not heavy. But how come we got the only stove in town with bow legs? <laughs> Uh, Well, I think my
12: cake looks beautiful
15: But, honey, it's lopsided It's higher on one side than the other
12: Well, that's not the fault of the cake The floor slopes down The floor
15: Oh, kid, you've been standing over this stove too long
12: Well, it does Ever since you and Elliot bounced that derrick around the living room This whole side of the house slopes Hey, you want to know something? You're right
15: I'd better go outside and have a look I'll get out there and crawl under the house and examine it Be
12: careful, Phil You be
15: careful While I'm under the kitchen floor, don't drop that cake
12: <laughs> well, i better go with you, maybe I can help
15: huh? Okay, come on I know there's an opening outside here somewhere It should be right around... Yeah, yeah, there it is I'll just take the screen off and crawl through uh, Nah, that ain't gonna work I can't make it through there My shoulders are too broad Maybe you can get through,
12: Alice I don't think so, Phil My hips are too I'll make it It is a tight
15: squeeze Yes, yes Hey, wait a minute, honey I'll grab your feet And give you a little shove. Come on Just a little more And you'll make it Just
14: Hi, Curly Oh, hello, Ellie. What you got in your hands? Alice's feet What
15: happened to the rest of her? I'm shoving her under the house
6: (laughs) Oh
14: Nagged you too much, huh?
15: No, that'll be funny You see, the kitchen floor is sagging And it probably needs
14: a new support That's why I shoved Alice under (laughs) there. I know materials are expensive, but this is ridiculous.
12: Bill, I found out what's wrong. You and Elliot broke one of the beams. You'd better get a contractor right away and have it fixed.
15: Well, don't worry about it. Me and Elliot will figure something out. Hi, Elliot. Hello, Alice.
12: Bye, Elliot. See you later.
15: Charming girl. (laughs) You know, Elliot, I've just been thinking... What? Now, what's so hard about fixing a broken beam? We don't need no contractors. You know something? I'm going to make a deal with you. You help me, and I'll pay you $2 an hour.
14: All right. But you know the union rules. I got to get paid from the time I left home. Okay, okay. When would you leave home? When I was
6: 16. <laughs> uh, the
14: way I figure that's... Uh, 18 years at $2 an hour? Uh, I would come to, uh, let me see. All right, stop. You'll never make it. Now, wait a minute.
15: All we need is a jack to raise the house, and then a new beam, and some cement. Yeah. <laughs> this could be a cinch. Come on, kid. Let's get this stuff.
6: <laughs>
14: Curly, it's tough work, jacking the house up like this. It's hot, too. Even our shirt's off. Elliot, it ain't even close to level yet. Besides, Alice is in the
15: kitchen, and she's going to let us know when it's even. Go ahead. Bump it up.
6: Hey,
12: fellas, stop raising this side of the house. You got it too high already.
15: Well, why didn't you come out and tell me?
12: I can't. Every time I reach the kitchen door, I slide back into the dining room. (laughs) You better lower it, Phil. All
15: right, all right. Come on, Elliot. Got it too high. Oh, yeah. Now look, we got to let that jack down. But wait a minute. Just ease the jack down so that it don't slip. Easy. All right, right. that's it. Slow, slow. I think we just about. Good morning, Philip.
14: I think I'll scalp him One hair at a time Either one of you fellas see my arm? (laughs) Willie, you bird brain, look what you did You made the jack slip and the house settled back again
15: What are you two doing, anyway? We're trying to raise the house So we can put a new foundation under the corner Oh, well, then it's a good thing I came along I'm very proficient at this sort of thing I can set in the cement Okay, go set in.
14: <laughs> as soon as you're hard, we'll roll you under the house. Look, Willie, we will go away? We're having enough trouble as it is.
12: Well, oh, fellas, how you doing? Oh, we're
14: doing fine. Thanks to your brother, we got to start all over again. Yeah, look, Curly, you jack up the house, I'll go mix the cement. Good. What are you going to mix it in? Oh, I don't know. I'll find something around the place. all right. Go ahead. Philip, you're going to require some help. Just wait till I take my shirt off. Okay.
15: All right, Willie. Latch onto that jack handle and get the pumping. Come on, Salula. Pump it up. Pump it up. Willie, stay on the ground. You're going up with the
14: jack. Hey, Curly, are you ready for the cement yet? I'm getting it mixed. Oh, you getting it mixed, huh? Yeah. What are you mixing it in? I put it in that cement mixer you got on the service porch.
12: A cement mixer on the service. Surf- Elliot, that's my washing machine
6: It is? Oh, well,
14: that'll give us nice, clean cement
12: Well, where do you manage to get such stupid friends? I got contacts now,
15: Don't get excited, honey It ain't gonna hurt the washing machine But
12: I had my new girdle in there And now it's mixed in with the cement <laughs>
15: Well, honey, I guess your foundation is going to be in the foundation. <laughs> oh,
12: I know better than to let you two do this job. I'm going in and shut the machine off before it's completely ruined.
14: She seems to be upset about something, Colonel. Yeah, she'll get over it. You know something? What's that? I think we ought to get that old beam out
15: first. Suppose I tie this rope around it, then the three of us can yank it out, okay? Okay. All right, wait till I get it knotted. I'll just put a sheep shack on this kid. Just stitch it up. There. there. Now, the three of us just throw the rope over our shoulders and pull. All see? right. One, two, three, heave. <coughs> You go home, Julius. Can't you see we're busy?
9: You know, this is the first time I've ever seen you guys with your shirts off. (laughs) Yeah? How do we look,
15: kid? (laughs) What's so funny?
9: You look like tree halibuts in a snowstorm.
14: (laughs) Now, where were we? We were trying to pull the beam out with the rope. Oh, yeah, yeah.
15: Because we're too big to fit under the house, that's why And where are we going to find somebody stupid (laughs) Enough
9: Don't you look at me like that (laughs) I ain't climbing under no house
14: Philip, I have an excellent idea
15: Great, I'll pack your
9: bags
14: (laughs) Julius has his truck here Now why don't we tie the rope to his rear axle And pull the beam out that way
15: Julius has a rear axle?
14: I believe he means the truck, Curly I sort of liked it better the other way
6: <laughs> Well, what do
14: you think, Philip? Well, let's give it a
15: try What can we lose? Is it okay with you, Julius?
9: Certainly Give me the rope, I'll tie it to
15: the truck No, never mind, I'm going to tie it on I'm going to make sure it's good and tight Oh, will sheepshank this kid, too <laughs> Hey, I'll tell you what you do, Julius You go start the motor
9: Okay You
15: get it good and tight now, I'm Curly I'm getting it good and tight No not Okay, Julius, let her rip!
5: Julia! Julia, stop the truck! Julia! Hello, Elliot! Hi,
6: Alice!
14: (laughs) Curly, where do you suppose Alice in the kitchen are going? You know, my mother
15: told me they'd be days like this.
6: <laughs>
15: I remember once she said to me, Philip, she says to me, someday you'll be standing in the driveway and Alice in the kitchen will go by. <laughs> she said that, huh? And when that happens, she says, listen closely because she'll be standing in the window singing a verse and two choruses of Tosti's
12: Goodbye. <laughs> ch-ch-poo, ch-ch-poo choo 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 train, chug chuggin' at the station. Choo-choo train, conductor full of cord. Choo-choo train, you know our destination. Choo-choo-poo, choo-choo-poo. all aboard. Choo-choo train, chug chuggin' out by Jiminy. Engineer, choo-choo-choo-do-do-do. Smokey smoke, puff pop- puffin' up the chimney. Choo, 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 choo. We're en route. Porter, fix the room. And Porter, bring some ice. Porter, get a broom. Sweep out the shoes and rice. Porter, thanks a lot. You've been so very nice. Porter, tell you what. Here's a quarter. Shoo shoo, Porter. Too choo, choo train. Please pardon us for hiding. I'll explain choo, choo. in case you didn't guess. To choo, choo train. Choo, choo. It's heaven to be riding. Choo, choo. The Honeymoon Express. Porter, fix the room. And Porter, bring some ice. Porter, get a broom. Sweep out the shoes and rice. Porter, thanks a lot. Oh, you've been so very nice. Porter, tell you what. Here's a quarter. Shoo-shoo, Porter. Choo-choo, train please pardon us for hiding. I'll explain, in case you didn't guess,
6: choo-choo train, it's heaven to be right. choo-choo-poo, choo choo choo-choo-poo, choo
1: choo the Honeymoon Express.
12: Hello? Yes, this is Mrs. Harris. Oh, Mr. Strong, your men did a beautiful job repairing the house. Yes, yes, everything looks fine. The paper hanger? He will? Tomorrow morning? Oh, well, I'd better get downtown and finish selecting the wallpaper. Well, thanks a lot for calling, Mr. Strong. Goodbye. Who was that, honey? Mr. Strong, the contractor. And you'll be so happy to know that when you and Elliot got through fixing the beam, it only cost another $3,800 to fix the rest of the house.
14: Well, that seems pretty reasonable. Don't it, Elliot? Oh, sure. As long as you put it in a charred barrel and rock it once a month, there's a chemical reaction.
3: (laughs) Elliot!
15: What's that? Hey, Alice, wait a minute. Where are you going?
12: Downtown to do some shopping. And Phil. Yeah, honey. While I'm gone, don't fix anything. Please.
15: We won't, baby. We'll just sort of stand
0: around.
12: Stand around quiet. Huh? What's
0: wrong matter with her?
15: Ah, uh, she's a little burned up. Contractor charged her 3,800 bucks For one little beam? Yeah Of course he threw in the windows and the door And put the kitchen backward. where
6: <laughs>
15: <laughs> I'd have done it for half <laughs> Yeah Hey, I'll get that little. All right
16: Yes? I'm from Kerwin's decorating shop I got some wallpaper for you
15: Okay, buddy Put it down over there yeah.
16: Say, uh This is where Alice Fay lives, isn't it? That's right could I get her autograph or something? Yeah, you could, but she's out right now. Oh, darn it, I never have any luck. I'm, uh. Phil Harris. You know, I'm kind of anxious to see her in person. I'm a fan of hers.
6: <laughs>
16: I'm Phil Harris.
6: <laughs>
16: Gee, when she sings them love songs, it's like she was singing them straight to me. Hey, buddy. I'm Phil Harris You told me three times Do you know Miss Fay, mister? Of course I know her I'm related to her Well, you ought to be proud, mister You sure got a beautiful daughter
6: <laughs>
16: Wise paper carrier
15: Daughter You leave the chin strap off one night And you start to sag Hey, Elliot The wallpaper's here
14: What wallpaper? Oh, oh
15: I forgot to tell you Alice has a new paper put up in the living room Well, let's go Where? Let's start putting up the wallpaper Okay, I'll go Wait a minute (laughs) Not so fast, Cleet
14: (laughs) Curly, what's the hanging wallpaper? You stick it on a wall Look, Elliot, let's face it We're a couple of clever kids But we don't know how to hang the wallpaper How do you know? Did you ever try? No You see what I mean? You could be the greatest wallpaper hanger since Michelangelo (laughs) But you're never gonna know unless you try
15: Yeah That Mike could really throw that paste around (laughs) We couldn't do no damage, could we? Us? What a
14: preposterous idea Well, then let's
15: give it a whirl Look, you go out in the garage You get a couple of ladders And I'll mix up a batch of paste Okay
6: Hey,
14: Curly, I don't want to say anything But ain't this kind of funny paper for a living room Red barns, blue horses, green cows, all them different colored animals.
15: Look, Alice knows more about this than we do, so start putting it up and don't ask so many questions, huh? Put it up. Okay,
14: Mr. Angelo. Suppose you get up on that ladder and start on the space over the door. Okay. Hey, Elliot. Huh? Hand me that bucket of paste. Okay, here you are. Careful now. Don't spill it. That's built clear to the top
9: Anybody home, I'm from the groceries
15: Hey, we're in here, Julius, but don't come in If you open that door, you'll knock me off this ladder
9: You mean if I open the door like this? <laughs> I'll knock you off the ladder like that
6: <laughs> Oh,
15: no Now look at that mess, paste all over the place And look at that big sloppy blob right in the middle of the rug
14: I'll thank you to stop insulting me
6: (laughs) Look
14: at me I'm covered from head to foot with white paste What are you laughing at, you knothead?
9: He looks like the bride on top of a wedding cake
14: Curly, do something Get this paste off of my face It's starting to harden
11: around my
6: roof
15: Are you through talking, Elliot? I guess he is Hey, wait a
6: minute now,
15: Julius he ain't kidding Look at him Feel him Ooh, he's as hard as a rock How am I going to soften him up?
9: Why don't you soak him in typantine overnight? <laughs> hey, I got a better idea Leave him hard and you can sell him as a cheap statue Oh
6: <laughs>
9: Julius,
15: please, why don't you go home? This is serious. Just look at the condition poor Elliot's in.
9: Well, he ought to be ashamed of himself getting stiff so early in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> <Good> Come <luck>, on,
6: fellas. <laughs> all
15: right, all right. I'll get some hot water and soften you up. And in no time, you'll be the same old Elliot and I. Come to think of it, is that what we want?
6: <laughs> All
15: right, I was only... I'm only kidding. I'll get the stuff off you, and then we can start paper in this room. You get
6: it. <laughs>
15: ah, there she is, Elliot. All papered. Yep. All done, man. Hey, look at it. Mm-hmm. Looks pretty, too, don't it?
14: You know, Curly... Ain't this paper kind of morbid for a living room? What's morbid? What are you talking about? It looks great. Yeah, but... look at all those dead animals laying on their backs with their feet sticking up in the air. What
1: are you, crazy or something?
6: They
15: ain't no... Elliot, you flea brain, you put that paper on upside down (laughs) Now we're never going to be able to get it off What am I going to do about Alice? Teach her to walk on her
6: hands (laughs) It's
15: a good thing you didn't do the whole room Look at my side
14: Looks fine, don't it? I can't tell, it's too dark to see You know that wallpaper sure darkened up the room That's just because the shades are down Go over to the
15: window Pull up the shades. Okay. Curly. Yeah?
14: You sure you had windows in this room? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: no.
6: You papered
14: over the windows.
15: Elliot, how stupid can a guy be? Now I'm going to have to go outside and find the windows. I'll be right back. Elliot, what? I won't say nothing about your windows if you don't say nothing about my
14: door.
6: <laughs>
12: <laughs> now
14: you know how stupid a guy can be. All right. <laughs> it
15: ain't funny, we got to find that door if we want to get out of here. Phil,
12: Phil, where are you? Oh no, no,
15: it's Alice. Now let's not say nothing, and maybe she'll go away.
12: Are you in the living room, Phil? I want to show you. <laughs>
14: Hey, that's a clever girl. She found the door.
12: (laughs) What in the world is going on here? Oh, no. My beautiful living room. Look at it.
15: I knew you'd like it, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, why did you do it? Oh, wait a minute, honey. Wait a minute. What's so terrible about it? We'll trim the paper off the windows and get the paper off the door and, and give the
14: animals some vitamins so they stand up.
12: <laughs>
14: it's not that bad, honey.
12: It's not that bad. It's not only crooked, upside down, and backwards, it also happens to be the paper I picked out for the girl's playroom.
3: Bye.
6: Bye. <laughs>
13: The Phil. will be back in just a moment. Is your radio giving you the kind of performance it was built to deliver? If not, you may need a new tube. Here's how to tell. Listen a moment. Does your radio sound like this? Does the volume rise and fall unexpectedly? Is there an annoying hum in the background? If your radio has any of these common symptoms, the trouble may be no more than a weak or worn-out tube. Your local radio serviceman can tell for sure. He has the knowledge and equipment to find and fix any radio defect. And if the trouble is due to weak or worn-out tubes, he'll be glad to install new RCA radio tubes. As most experts will tell you, RCA radio tubes last longer, yet they cost no more than ordinary tubes.
15: This is Phil again. Last year, motor vehicle accidents led the list as the nation's number one accident killer. Too many of us still think of accidents as striking only the other fellow. We forget that each of us could be the victim of an accident through our own thoughtlessness or carelessness. So no matter where you drive, drive carefully. Thank you, and good night.
12: Good night, everybody.
13: Included in this program transcribed was High Averbeck. The part of Julius was played by Walter Tetley. This was an NBC Radio Network production. From one of the greatest documentary films of all times comes the memorable music for RCA Victor's new record album, Victory at Sea. Richard Rogers and Robert Russell Bennett have adapted this stirring 13-hour score to give you an album that retains all the wealth and fullness of the original. As one of the finest works ever produced by an American composer, RCA Victor's Victory at Sea album belongs in your record collection. Listen to it at your record dealers tomorrow. Engineers, does your present job give you all RCA's career advantages? RCA needs experienced engineers with bachelor or advanced degrees for development, design, and manufacturing of electron tubes and specialized electronic equipment. Write RCA Engineering, Box 345, New York 19,
6: New York.
15: Now it's John Cameron Swayze and the news
10: on the NBC Radio Network.
1: Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 1943-1944 season. Well, I have good news and bad news. We'll start with the bad news. Uh, this particular episode sounds pretty good, but when it hits about the 17-minute mark, uh, it starts skipping like crazy and doesn't make a whole lot of sense for the next two minutes. And then after about the 19-minute mark, it cleans up and gets much better. So if you can <laughs> handle it through that mess, then uh, it'll be fine for you. Now the good news. In this episode, Jack uh, takes on one of his... Um, what, voices that he does for the skit, one of his impressions. And one thing you don't get, a lot of folks don't realize, you know, maybe who know Jack through watching his television shows and things, he doesn't do a whole lot of voices on his television shows. But on the radio shows, he did do some voices at different times, and uh, he just does such a great job with them. They sound... You know, on enough for you to make the connection and yet off enough to, for you to have fun with it and think it's just a a funny, overblown interpretation of um, whoever the character is. I uh, have said this before, but I'll say it again um, because I have so many new listeners that come through and things that I, for those of you who listen all the time, you probably heard me repeating things but anyway when i used to listen to these episodes i was so enamored uh by hearing the the beginning banter of the episodes that that just blew me away i'd never seen anything quite like that and uh, the chemistry between all the different players uh Phil Dennis Jack Mary Dawn that i loved to hear those parts And so what I would do is I would listen to the first 10 or 15 minutes of the episode, and then once they got into the skit part, I would usually skip that and uh, go to the next episode. Uh, Because there were so many episodes to get through, I thought, well, I'll never listen to all of these and hear all these, you know, uh, I'll, I'll never get through them all if I listen to the whole thing. So I would skip those skits, and then later on, once I realized, oh... I love these so much that I'll listen to them another time. I started listening to the skits, and then I realized the skits are a unique entity into themselves. They're different, for sure, than the banter, but they have their own sense of comedy, their own sense of... It's just different um, and equally enjoyable, I think. So over the years, I've gotten... So, so that I really enjoy the skits as well. So this, if you if you are a skip, not a skip, a, sk- a skit skipper, then you might want to listen to the skit today, because I think you'll find that it's uh, quite entertaining. Uh, anyway, enjoy the episode. Oh, and as, as a free bonus to all of you, um, I, I will give you some advice. Uh... Paul McCartney just came out with a new album this week called New. And to me, it's probably one of my all-time favorite Paul McCartney albums, um, if not my absolute favorite, maybe. So if you want to try Paul McCartney and you haven't listened to him in a while, you might want to pick that up this week and help his sales numbers go up. It'd be really cool for him 50 years after his first Beatles album release to get another number one selling album but I kinda doubt that with uh, the competition he has this week but anyway um, a great gift to get for someone definitely get the deluxe version it has two extra tracks on it and those two songs strangely are two of my absolute favorites on the whole album so uh, I just would not buy the regular edition if I was you (laughs) so uh, anyway enjoy and uh, we'll see you next time.
4: The Grape Nuts and Grape Nuts Flakes program coming to you from Hollywood, California and starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Dennis Day, Rochester and yours truly, Don Wilson. Seem to be two schools of thought among the folks who take breakfast on the sip and run plan. One is the hurry-hurry group. They never have time, they say. The other is the why bother group. They claim they're just not hungry. Well, it so happens that I have the answer for both groups. If you're rushed in the morning, ready to eat grape nuts flakes, take no time to prepare. And if you're in the just not hungry type, why, delicious, moldy-rich grape nuts flakes will make you hungry. They're so appetizing. Yes, sir, there's tempting zest in every sweet-as-a-nut spoonful. And while Grape Nuts Flakes are exhilarating as an autumn breeze, they also pack a big nutritional wallop. For Grape Nuts Flakes are a basic seven food, a whole-grain cereal with all-around whole-grain nourishment. And that's important at breakfast time, for nutrition experts say we all need at least one quarter of our daily nourishment in the morning. So eat a good breakfast and do a better job. And for downright appetite enjoyment... Help yourself to plenty of delicious, nutritious Grape Nuts Flakes. (laughs) Gentlemen, immediately after last week's broadcast in New York, Jack Benny and his gang left for California. So now we take you aboard the train where we pick them up one day before their arrival in Hollywood.
0: Hmm, I I can't understand it. Nothing in Luella Parsons' column about my coming home or Harry Crocker's. Let's see, where'd I put my glasses? Oh, Mary, you've got the other papers. Is there anything in Hedda Hopper's column?
17: Yes, but not about you.
0: can't understand it. I always say nice things about her hats. <laughs> oh, well.
17: Say, Don, isn't this exciting news about Anthony Eden and Secretary Hull meeting with Joseph Stalin in Moscow?
4: Yes, Mary, all the papers are
0: full of it.
17: Gee, this meeting will really make history.
0: Hmm, nothing about me and Sid Skolsky's column either. <laughs>
17: Oh, Jack, here's something in Harrison Carroll's column.
0: Where, where, what, 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 where, where? Where is it, Mary?
17: I'll give it to you. Get up off your knees.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. What does it say?
17: It says, uh, what radio comedian who has heard on what night for what sponsor is having what trouble with his who? <laughs> and how.
0: Hmm, I, I wonder who that can be.
17: Sounds like what's his name?
0: Maybe. Uh-huh. I never even thought of him. <laughs> now, let's see. Hey, here's something that Jimmy Starr got, got about me. Look. At the Macombo last night, Gary Cooper was seen doing the rumba with the shapely Jack Benny.
17: <laughs> That's
6: the
0: silliest thing I've ever heard. I wasn't even there.
17: Let's see that.
0: Here. Imagine shapely Jack Benny.
17: That's Joan Bennett and put on your glasses. <laughs>
0: I thought I read that wrong. Anyway, Gary is too tall for me. (laughs) Besides, he's so thin he hasn't got anything to rumba. (laughs) I can't get over it. You'd think that... Hey, kids, look! Hey, look at this headline. Eden and Holler in Moscow with Stalin. Well, what do you know about that? (laughs)
13: Malcolm. Say,
7: Malcolm. Uh, what is it, Jerome? Get a load of these military boots I'm shining. Ain't they something? Mm, yes, sir. Who do they belong to? You know, that elderly gentleman in Lower eight. Lower eight? Well, wow, that's Mr. Benny. Jack Benny? A doggone I never recognized. Him. You look younger in the movies. Well, uh, well, those makeup boys, they have a way of taking the wear and tear off of you. Amazing. Well, uh, now what about Mr. Benny's hair? And the move is it's brown. It's not only brown, it's there. Amazing. <laughs> uh, well, look who's here. Uh, good morning, Rochester. And a good good morning to you, gentlemen. <laughs> hey, don't those boots belong to my boss? Yeah, how'd you know? It's right there in gold letters, O-B-A-G. Old blood and guts. <laughs> He picked them up in North Africa They're fine ones, all right But ain't they a little wide and floppy around the top? Yeah, but they fit nice and snug When he gets his underwear tucked in (laughs) Sharp as a tack You mean to say Mr. Benny wears long underwear? No, he wears shorts But where they're supposed to drape, they droop (laughs) Well, gentlemen, I think we've bandied idle words long enough Shall we proceed with what we all have in mind? Okay Okay Fellow members, I am venturing $2. What is your reaction? (laughs) I will participate for one. Thank you.
14: And I will absorb the balance.
7: (laughs) Okay, gentlemen, let us caress the rug with our knees. (laughs) Hmm...
0: Nothing in Erskine Johnson's column, either. Oh, well. Hiya, kids. Say, Mary, how about a game of gin? You want to play? Okay, Phil. Yeah, that'll pass the time away. Little gin rummy, Phil? No, no. On second thought, Jackson, uh, I think I'll read a while. Oh. How about you, Mary? Want to play a game?
17: Not with you, brother. Whenever you lose, you get sore and gripe and yell, and then you put your toupee on backwards for luck. (laughs)
15: Who, me? Yeah, you And then every time Someone deals the cards You get so darn suspicious What are you talking about? Well, look what happened yesterday When the conductor Picked up our railroad tickets You hollered Let me cut (laughs) them
0: No, stop dreaming things up Hey, Jack Why don't you ask Dennis? He might play with you That's right, where is he? Well,
4: there he is Way up in the front end of the car
0: Oh, yes
17: Hey, Dennis! Dennis! Jack, don't yell like that We're not the only people In this car What's the difference? Hey,
11: Dennis, you want to play some gin rummy? No, thanks, Mr. Benny. You never pay off.
0: (laughs) Hmm, I'm so embarrassed.
17: Well, that's good for you.
11: Isn't that right, Miss Livingston?
0: Quiet. We're not the only people in this car. (laughs) Guess I put that kid in this place. Someday I'm gonna... Here comes Rochester. Oh, Rochester, how about a game of gin rummy? No, thanks. I never (laughs) gamble. Oh, well, I'll find somebody on the train to play with me. I wish I was paying my riders enough money so they could afford to gamble. Gamble? They're lucky they can eat. Oh, yeah?
17: They're getting enough to eat, Jack. Pays them off in Grape Nuts. Mary, that's only
0: part of their salary. They get one third in Grape Nuts, one third in money, and the other third in Grape Nuts Flakes. So there. That's mighty wide of you, Jackson. What do they do with the third day getting cash?
17: They have to buy sugar and cream from Jack.
0: <laughs> they do not, and they're very happy with that arrangement.
4: Well, why shouldn't they be? Imagine getting most of your salary in those toasty
0: brown, sweet as a nut, grape nut flakes. Yes, and it's so easy to make change that way. You know? And not only that, they get one delicious flavor in two distinctive forms. That's right, Don. Well, I'm going into the diner and get something to eat. You join me, Mary?
17: If you promise not to embarrass me in front of the waiter.
0: What do you mean embarrass you?
17: You're the only man I know who sends a check to Joel Copperman to see if it's added up right.
0: Mary, if Joel doesn't mind, what are you kicking about? Come on, I'll treat you to a meal. Hey, Dennis, what do you say to a little grub?
9: Are you grubby? Well,
0: that's my fault for asking him. Come on, Mary, let's go. Steward, Well, Mr. Benny, I see you're making your debut in our dining Mm. car
17: Can you take care of us, steward?
0: Right this way, we're pretty crowded So would you two mind sharing a table with this young lady? No, 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 not at all Uh, Sit here, Mary Well, lovely day, isn't it, miss?
18: It sure is (laughs) (laughs) Yep I think it's even nicer than it was yesterday
0: I'll I'll say. (laughs) Weather's so unpredictable. I mean, tomorrow may be even nicer.
18: It sure might.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep.
17: It's a privilege to sit in on this conversation.
0: marry, you little vixen you. <laughs> I don't know what to eat. Oh, steward, uh, what would you suggest? Well, uh, we have some very nice lamb chops, but unfortunately we can't serve them. Why not? Shortage of panties, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Surprising how many people I trip up with that one. <laughs> Let me see. I know what. Uh, bring me a small steak. Oh, is there another kind? <laughs> <laughs> Look, Stuart, just bring me the steak and some mashed potatoes, huh? How about you, Mary?
17: I'll have the same. Very good.
0: Mary, isn't that Stuart kind of silly?
17: I think so. This morning I ordered some great nuts flake. Uh-huh. So he brought me a great nut and told me to flake it myself. <laughs> well,
0: that I don't believe. Say, that looks like a nice dessert you're having, Miss, uh, Miss...
17: A
18: Farrell.
0: Miss Farrell, yeah. Oh, it's nice to meet you, Miss Farrell. This is Miss Livingston... And I'm, uh, I'm Jack Benny.
18: Yeah, I recognize both of you.
0: Well, well, I hope you... I suppose you listen to us on the radio.
18: <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs>
18: yeah, but to tell you the truth, <laughs> I hope you won't mind my saying it, but I happen to be a Fred Allen fan.
6: <laughs>
0: Fred Allen? Oh, I don't mind at all. In fact, I... I admire anyone who has enough courage to admit it. <laughs> you know, Mrs. Farrell...
18: It's Miss Farrell.
0: Oh, oh, pardon me, pardon me. Miss, Miss Farrell. Yeah,
18: but it'll soon be Mrs. when my boyfriend returns from overseas.
0: Well, that's nice. Congratulations. You know, I just returned from North Africa myself.
18: Oh, then I'm going to show you my boyfriend's picture just a second here. Here it is.
0: Well, it... Nice-looking chap.
18: Yeah, his name is Crowley. (laughs) What? Yeah, Joe's a corporal.
0: Has has he got a brother in New York who drives a cab?
6: Yeah, then you met Joe.
17: Well, here we go again.
0: Quiet, Mary. No, no, Miss Farrell. I didn't meet Corporal Crowley. Uh, Say, Mary, I wish the food would come. I'm hungry.
17: Me, too. I'm starved.
0: I don't know what's... Keeping the... Cracks
17: way. his knuckles a lot. Funny you
18: didn't
6: hear them. <laughs>
0: yes, I, I know, I know. Well, here comes the food, and boy, does that steak look good. See it, Mary? Right under the parsley. There. Well, this is your birth, Mary. Have a good night's rest.
17: I will. Good night, Jack.
0: Good night Gee, it's so early I don't feel like going to bed yet Wish I could get somebody to play gin rummy There must be somebody on the train With a little sporting blood Oh, oh, hello there Say, would you be interested in Playing a game of gin rummy?
9: No, thanks My mommy never lets me play with
6: strangers
0: Well, all right, all right It's just a just a suggestion, just a suggestion, that's all. Oh, well, I guess I might as well go to bed. Oh, boy, this berth
15: feels good. Nice to be able to stretch out. Yeah, but stop stretching over on my side, will you, Jackson?
0: (laughs) Okay, Phil. I
15: don't know why you insist on traveling like this. Now, these berths are only built for one.
0: Phil, I know that as well as you do. But these are difficult times. It's tough to get transportation. We're lucky we're in here. I suppose so. Not because I didn't want to spend the money. No, no, Jackson, (laughs) Perish the thought. Oh, no, don't be funny. Anyway, I'm too cramped to argue. All right, then drop. It. Well, you don't have to get huffy about it, do you? Who's getting huffy?
11: Hey, fellas, be quiet. How do you expect me to sleep here between you two?
6: <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, Dennis. Good night, Phil.
11: There he goes, Mr. Harris. Every night, the same thing. Don't worry about it, kid. We're going to be home tomorrow. Gee, I'd like to punch him right in the nose.
15: Why don't you, kid? Go ahead. Give it to him.
11: I can't. I haven't got room to wind up.
0: (laughs)
6: Ah, shut up!
15: Well, good night, kid. I'm going to sleep and try to dream
5: about Alice.
11: Do you mind if I help you? <laughs> hey.
5: hey, fella, fella, where are we? Lower berth number eight. Go back to sleep, will you?
4: And that, ladies, of Hollywood. We are now back in the evening. I Heard on the Train on Route Studio where we hear Dennis Day singing I Heard here Dennis Day sing night. Pride last night.
11: I heard you cried last night I I heard you cried last night And so did I Why did you make us part? I'm so alone Why did you take my heart
0: It's good to be back in the studio That was I Heard You Cried Last Night Sung by Dennis Day And Dennis All I can say is That was Trey Bien And now folks Well no wonder I haven't slept for three
6: days
0: (laughs) Dennis in the first place I complimented you And in the second place We had to sleep In the same berth On account of On account of Transportation problems Come in Mr. Benny Yes
10: I'm Wally Mayer
5: Of the United Press
0: well, well, always glad to see the gentleman of the press, Yeah. Now that you're back in Hollywood, I understand you're going to make a picture for Warner Brothers. Is that right? Yes. How are the
17: brothers taking it? <laughs> Lying down.
0: Quiet. Yes, Mr. Mayor, I'm starting it next month. The title of my new picture... Is it is true that uh, while in Egypt you bought a camel and you're having it shipped to Hollywood? Yes, yes, and I expected to arrive at the same time I start my new picture, which is called... What Bla- cities
5: did you visit in North Africa? <laughs>
0: well, I, I was in Cairo, Benghazi, Tunis. Tunis is where I received a cable telling me that the title of my new picture <laughs> is the horn... Were you in Blo- Casablanca? <laughs> yes, yes, Casablanca, yes. I gave that story to a reporter last week. Well, tell me. Were you in Algiers? What did you say, mister? (laughs) I said, were you in Algiers? Was I in Algiers? Let me tell you a story, Mr. Mayor. (laughs) Come closer. This will be interesting. Very interesting. Algiers in 1938, a gay modern city teeming with commerce from all the seven seas. While above the city, grim, silent, and mysterious, lie the tangled buildings and the twisted streets of the native quarters known as the Casbah.
4: (laughs) Yes, the Casbah the hideout of the notorious jewel thief Charles Pepe Lamoco Boyer. Here we find two members of his gang, Three Finger Harris and Dennis the
11: Derelict. Hey, Three Finger.
10: What is it, derelict?
11: I'm worried about Pepe. He said he'd be here at 7 o'clock and it's 5.30 already. So you've still got an hour and a half. What are you worrying now for? Well, it takes me a little while to get rolling. If Pepe's out
17: with that girl he met yesterday, I'll fill him so full of holes he'll look like an apple at a worm convention.
15: Oh, now, don't be so jealous, Inez. Pepe loves you. Why, he's crazy about you.
17: Oh, sure. I work and I slave, and what do I get? A Peppy Lamoco with a baldy cocoa.
10: <laughs> Wait a minute, Inez. Lamoco's cocoa is no joco.
11: <laughs> Not since he waxed it with gloco. <laughs>
15: All right, everybody. Here comes Peppy now. Hello, Peppy.
0: Hello, Three Finger. <laughs> uh. uh. Well, gentlemen, uh. I have brought the pearls which we stole last night. Here they are.
10: Oh boy!
0: Now listen to me. These are not enough. Tomorrow night, I'm going to send you to the ball at the Beverly Algiers. <laughs> it is right across the street from the Brown Fairs.
5: <laughs>
0: there will be beautiful ladies there. Uh, and even more beautiful jewels. Ah. And remember, 3 fingers. this time when you bring back the jewels, you will first remove the ladies.
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, here is what you must do. Shh. Maybe the police. Hide the jewels, quick. Good. I'll put them in the cookie jar. The cookie jar? Good. They will never suspect.
6: <laughs>
0: come in. Ah, it is you, Inspector Willstone. What brings you to the Casbah?
4: Well, Peppy, I've come to tell you that the police are looking for you. There were some jewels stolen last night. Now, where are they?
0: Jewels? What jewels? <laughs> Sit down, my friend. Make yourself at home.
11: Will you have a cookie, Inspector? <laughs>
6: <laughs> Derelict,
0: leave the room. <laughs> he make joe. Someday I laugh till he die. <laughs> Have some tea, Inspector. No, thanks. I've got to go. But I'm
4: worrying you, Poppy. Stay out of the city.
0: You're worrying me? Hmm. Are you scarred, Chief? That's scare.
6: <laughs>
0: Do not worry, three-finger. They will never get old Blodden and gots, Lamoco. <laughs> I will call my bodyguard. Oh, Pierre! Pierre! Wee oui, wee, oui, boss! <laughs> You are my bodyguard. Why do you let Inspector Wilson enter the Casbah?
7: <laughs>
0: I said, Pourquoi ne vous l'inspecteur Wilson d'entrer la Casbah?
7: Parce qu'il est plus grand, plus fort,
0: que
7: And besides, size patches a
0: Now listen, Pierre. And remember, all of you, I am master of the Casbah. You will do as I say.
17: All except me. Ah, it is you.
0: Hello, Inez.
17: Hello, Pappy.
0: I am Pappy. I eat grape nuts.
17: <laughs>
0: you are trembling, Inez. What is the matter, my little dog?
17: Don't dove me, you two-timing wolf. What about that other dame, the one I saw you with last night in the cafe?
0: Do not worry, Inez. It was just a flirtation. Believe me.
17: Well, if I see you with her again, I'll take this gun and make Warner Brothers happy.
0: <laughs> oh yes, yeah, that'll remind me. The name of my new picture is.
17: I'm the... warning you, Peppy. This gun is loaded.
0: Ha ha ha! My little cobra, Claudette Cobra.
6: <laughs>
0: that I just put in here. It is nothing. <laughs> is what you call adley badley <laughs> Ah my little cobra you are so excited Come here close your eyes and kiss Peppy
17: How else do you think I can do it <laughs> Now
0: listen
5: to me I Hey Peppy Peppy what is it That beautiful girl you had tea with yesterday has come to the
15: cash bay and wants you to see you <laughs> <laughs>
17: Oh,
6: then she
0: did come back like she promised. My Hetty.
17: Uh-huh. I knew you were lying to me, you dog, you puppy. I am Peppy. <laughs> You're in love with that other dame, but you'll never live to see her again, Peppy, because I'm going to kill you.
5: I know you are insane. Put down that gun. Hey, Chief, Chief. What is it, Pierre?
7: Look, look. Here she comes now, Miss Hetty. Hedy.
0: My Hetty.
5: You must remember this.
9: <laughs> a kiss is still a kiss. A sigh is just a sigh,
6: Ooh.
0: Ooh. That is not, Hetty. That is Ingrid. Ingrid, what are you doing in Algiers?
9: You didn't pay me last week for Casablanca. <laughs> The fundamental things apply as time
6: goes by. Well, it seems
4: more people are having the best time doing the right thing nowadays than they've ever had in years. Want to know what these folks are? They're the folks who are helping make Uncle Sam's new food program click by sharing and playing square with foods, by buying and serving more of the foods that are plentiful and unrationed. Plentiful foods like grape nuts and grape nuts flakes. And now you can see where the enjoyment part comes in because grape nuts and grape nuts flakes are not only plentiful, nourishing, and thrifty, hence the type of food we're asked to eat more of, they're also perfectly swell eating, moldy, rich, and sweet as a nut, each with a delicious crispy texture all its own. And both are basic seven foods that supply all-around whole-grain nourishment. So let's all get on Uncle Sam's bandwagon with its slogan, Food Fights for Freedom. And while en route, you'll find grape nuts and grape nuts flakes make jolly good breakfast company. Good night, folks.
10: Hot, hot, and oh so good. Try grape nut sweet meal, folks. You should. Hot member of the Grape Nuts Clan, enjoy it once, you'll be a fan. Yes, Grape Nuts Wheat Meal is a treat. It's rich and brown, it's real whole wheat. It brings fine nourishment indeed, one kind your government says you need. It cooks in just three minutes flat, and you'll admit you can't beat that. Get Grape Nuts Wheat Meal right away. Hot cereal
6: for a cold fall day.